Welcome to Screen Quest, a podcast where a fellowship of film lovers and armchair movie experts plays film roulette. I'm one of your hosts, Chris Waterman, joined by May Finch. Hello, hello. And of course, we have Will Rotondi. Hey, guys. How are y'all? Doing good. Just trying to make it through what is unfortunately sweltering August. Yeah, I'm over it, man. We had like one unseasonably cool day. It broke a record for coolest uh, weather on that day ever because of a front that came through. And it gave me just this little tiny taste of fall. And I was like, yep, you could just park it fall if you want. You know, I know <laughs> it's not even September, but if you want to just stay, I don't think anyone's going to complain. I feel you there. I hear you. How uh, how chill are we talking for Florida? Um, I want to say like low eighties, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. But like the, that is but pretty the, substantial. But in the night, like it got down to like high sixties, which was like really odd. Wow. Normally, it's just it's a slightly cooler, but like just as sticky like evenings here, where it doesn't feel really pleasant to be outside in the evening. So mm-hmm. we'll see. Oh, it's coming so close. Uh, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. So uh, I said I would save uh, a little story for you guys. Uh, it is um, it's related to to movies as a little warm up uh, topic here. So I'm, I'm on preface... the edge of my seat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to preface this story by saying that like I am not like a shusher at the movies, right? Like I have a very high tolerance for like the occasional whisper or like whatever, like in a movie theater. So that's my preface to this. So um, yesterday I went to see uh, Star Wars A New Hope at our lo- a local uh, theater called Sunray. Uh, it was like 45th anniversary screening, not the uh, original. It was the special edition, unfortunately. I was kind of hoping they were going to pull pull some magic and get the, uh, the OG. But hey, mm-hmm. really, really cool. Um, went with my wife and her uncle. And this guy like sitting next to me was with his like buddy. And I think they had like their kids. Um, mm-hmm. And uh you know he started kind of like cracking jokes and like talking like right off the bat and i was like all right you know i'm just maybe he'll like settle into the movie like he's excited and it just for 20 minutes it like persisted like constant like like i'm talking like mst3k like commentary and a lot of it was just like he was like regurgitating like the family guy like star wars like episode jokes like which has made it even Mm. more annoying where i was like dude at least bring your own material if you're gonna like (laughs) do this so finally i was just like um you know and very discreetly was like hey hey man like do, do you mind um and he was like do i mind what and i was like you know like just, you know just you know trying to keep it casual discreet polite and so i think he thought he was gonna embarrass me but like he just like raises his voice like a few like volume notches and he's like oh what like have you never seen this before so i was like oh okay this is what we're doing so i oh. met his volume and then exceeded it by a couple notches and i was like i've seen this hundreds of times if you want to talk over it fuck off back to your living room and like i got a bunch of like snickers and like <laughs> and like raised eyebrows and his buddy was like dude like 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 just giving him the the cut that cut that <laughs> like sign language and he stopped um and then I felt kind of bad about it like immediately because like again I don't like shushing people like it's embarrassing and I was like you know no no what like he escalated it I I don't I shouldn't feel bad about this but it felt pretty good um <laughs> and yeah uh, and I'm 
sorry think of ahead. it think of it this way you saved the, the sunray employees from having to do the same thing <laughs> well that was gonna be my next step and i'm like i don't want to be a snitch like there's no reason why you can't just politely be like hey like do you mind and you know mm -hmm. that can be the end of it but um i'm kind of glad marianne wasn't sitting next to me because i think she would have maybe a little embarrassed uh but um I, how do you guys feel about talking in the theaters like i've got a pretty high threshold like again like i the little whisper here and there like it doesn't bother me but i do think like categorically it's it falls into like you know the rude um territory like if you're doing it constantly right like i'm not alone in that oh yeah no totally i mean that's like the whole reason you would watch something at home is to talk through it and make jokes with your friends like because it's not just like the fact that yeah you're probably gonna be rude to other people but like that's that's premium content i'm not sharing my jokes with everyone that's <laughs> <laughs> But you yeah, know? I mean, that's exactly right. We go like to the cinema. It's a different experience. Right. And like our phones are the other thing that like, again, if you're just checking the time or whatever, but like, um, I, I do get a little irritated. Like if somebody is like texting on their phone, like throughout a movie, like just the light and stuff, but, but talking, I think is the worst offender, especially like when I say it was nonstop, it was nonstop for like 20 minutes, like every single beat of like the movie. And I was just like, I can't do this, man. Like, yeah, so that's my little I got into it with somebody <laughs> at a movie theater uh, story. Have you guys ever shushed somebody at a theater? Like, would you shush somebody at a theater if you haven't? I've come close. I have definitely, there was a, actually, it's funny you mentioned Star Wars for this because it was definitely, uh, I was watching Rogue One when it came out and there was somebody who was just cracking jokes or at least they thought they were being funny sitting like the row behind me. And I think I'd already seen it one time. I went to go see it with another friend afterwards. Um, or maybe it was the first time I can't remember which but it's like during one of the battles that's going on toward the end and it was very distracting listening to somebody who is like mocking a character on screen while you're trying to be in the moment and that was probably the closest I've ever come to wanting to tell somebody to shut up <laughs> but ended up just kind of like powering through it and eventually they quieted down so I can't imagine having to sit there for like 20 minutes I probably would have like I probably would have done the same thing that you did where it's like uh yeah like just be respectful like there's certain moments in a film where you can laugh at what's going on and sort of enjoy yeah. like that group the group vibe that's going on with it but when you're actively talking you know it, it distracts from what's going on on screen which is the whole point of being there so it's sort of like yeah no just temper your your reactions and everything like gasping or clapping or you know cheering is perfectly fine in moderation but other anything other I mean, than that do it every second i don't care like in marvel movies like people clap and cheer like like none of that mm -hmm. stuff because that's different that's like a communal experience mm -hmm. like yeah but um, mm -hmm. how about you may have you ever shushed some shush somebody and, and would you ever shush um you i don't think i've ever shushed someone but i have had to deal with someone like putting their feet up on my chair or like kicking oh, my man. chair and I yeah I I have gotten upset at someone for that um mm -hmm. especially because like if it's a kid I'm just going to kind of give the kid stink eye or like try to make a scary <laughs> face to the kid I'm not going to say something but I've had grown-ass adults do that and I'm just mm -hmm. like are, are you serious really <laughs> yeah no it's I it kind of shocks me sometimes like when I see people like behave like that it, again I have a high tolerance for it but I am often enough like surprised at like how people will conduct themselves like in a, a movie theater with like with stuff 
now here's a little devil devil uh, devil's advocate question for you guys before we move on to uh, the side quest do you think that you get more leeway if it's a movie that's like a re-release that's like super popular like star wars does that change the playing field like was i too harsh on the guy in other words was he correct in saying like hey you've seen this before like like relax i don't think it has any bearing to do with it i think he went to the movie to watch it and i think anybody else around he was distracting from that experience needs to just respect the fact that it's a communal space and they can they can turn it down a couple notches i think it's i don't i don't think it matters how many times you see the film so i would yeah i'd actually argue the opposite i feel like i give more leeway to like a first screening of something because it's like yeah everyone is reacting to this in real time and mm -hmm. so i'm like that's probably just you having your genuine reaction and it's kind of like you said with the marvel movies chris like a communal experience Whereas if it's something you know everyone has seen before, it's like, okay, yeah, that's that's scripted or you rehearsed that. Like, just be quiet. <laughs> yeah. And like we've saw, it's not like like Star Wars like is like the original like goes like to the theaters all the time. Like I, we specifically sought that out, you know, to experience mm -hmm. it in a way that you rarely get to, right? Like mm -hmm. so. Okay, just wanted to I, you know I wanted to take an ego check there and be like, was I just being like an asshole to this guy? It's a, <laughs> am I the asshole uh, for the screen quest? Uh, com, uh, what, what, what's the word I'm looking for? I almost said communal, uh, tri tribunal. There we go. Nice. Um, so. Don't worry, I'm I'm very good at telling my friends when they're being assholes. So I'll, I'll keep you honest. <laughs> Perfect. All right, I appreciate no that. <laughs> I did feel a little bit like Larry David because you know we've been watching Curb a lot, as I said last episode, I think, and like I was like, oh, this is like a, a Larry David thing. I hope it's not gonna like go beyond this because I, again, my next step was gonna be like shit. Now I'm gonna have to like get up go get an employee this guy's gonna make a stink and mm -hmm. like you know i, I didn't want to like make a, a, a scene so i'm glad that telling him to fuck off to his living room was all <laughs> it took to, <laughs> to make him be quiet and i did Apparently feel bad that other I people of, liked it too yeah well i gotta imagine i wasn't the only person that was like annoyed right again like yeah. you're just gonna spit family guy jokes for 20 minutes like <laughs> cool all right uh well with that um i'm gonna draw us a side quest and see what we get here Woo. oh i should say so uh this week's episode we are going to be talking about dirty pretty things which was may selection of course we'll do our side quest first i am anxious to get into that though um, all right, so it is a, another neuralizer, which we just had a couple of episodes ago, but I, I think it's an awesome topic. So this is if you could erase a film from your brain and experience it for the first time, uh, which one would you pick and why? I'll let one of you go since I did the, I just told a lengthy story about movie theater shenanigans. So it's not like... Uh... And this this may it's not necessarily like a favorite film, but it is a film where having watched it when I was younger and the reaction that I had the first time I saw it, I would be interested to see how my reaction would be now had I not known what was going to happen. And for me as a kid, E.T., the extraterrestrial was like, I don't know, when he popped out of that shed, it scared the shit out of me as a kid. And I did not like watching that film at all. Like, I know a bunch of people that was like, like a childhood classic and oh et he's so cute look how friendly he is and i'm like no that motherfucker is scary <laughs> you not want to watch this film and so but that was just like my gut reaction as a kid for whatever age i was i don't even remember how young i was when i saw it but i think if i could go back and 
and watch it now as like a 36 year old and especially after having seen so much in terms of like special effects or in terms of like some of the like suspense films that I've seen now or the alien films the actual alien horror movies versus like the friendly aliens that are terrorized by humans films um and it would be interesting to go back and, and see how my my second take would have been as an adult watching that because I think it's it's sort of like on par with a lot of that 80s nostalgia and like stranger things and but not like super dark at least in terms of like nefarious forces outside of humanity trying to affect them it's more like the childhood aspect and then also the government that's trying to come in and, and capture et and this you know in et's experience trying to get home to his people so i think to go back i would like to I'd like to revisit that film, but see how it would be different now. That's a great one. Do you think part of it maybe was like you were kind of exposed generally to those scarier alien movies? So you just kind of assumed when the alien came on screen, it was going to be scary? Could be. I remember watching Close Encounters of the Third Kind and also being very terrified of the idea of an alien abduction. And so I think Aww. for me, that idea of any sort of like extraterrestrial entity coming to Earth was automatically like it made my radar ping a little bit like, no, he's not going to be friendly. <laughs> Don't let him touch you. <laughs> so I'll was... be right here. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, fuck you, Will. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh so my expletive tirade aside like i feel like that yeah et I, I think it was probably close encounters more than et sort of weirded me out to that idea of like because there, there's a scene in close encounters where like all the electronics in this one house go haywire and the kid gets abducted and there's the big red light and i was just like that to me seemed like also equally terrifying um so i think maybe i just sort of like had those two come together i mean that's that's both spielberg movies too so i don't know man i mean <laughs> i know he does stuff for kids but maybe i was just at the wrong age or the wrong mindset or something was not connecting on that so i know i think et is very scary like for uh it's the sound design you know mm -hmm. he looks a bit odd and like there's some like stuff uh, I, I probably saw that again a few years ago and like there's some bits of that that are pretty heavy like you know which was common in the kid movies like um stuff that like it's if you haven't seen it in a while it's worth a watch like the absentee father completely yeah. fell like or off my radar as a child but like was super noticeable like the family dynamics and things but even when like et turns into like he looks like a shriveled dog turd he's all white <laughs> like laying on the creek oh, bed and stuff and he's yeah. like and they're like doing all kinds of experiments on him and you know, he dies temporarily. Like, there's some stuff that's like frightening. And of course, like when he's like shrieking and running around, like, yeah, yeah it'd be scary as fuck. You don't know what this thing is. You're a child. You're like, is he going to eat these kids now? Like, <laughs> get a thirst for blood? <laughs> they're out of uh, Lucy's species or whatever. And now he's going for human flesh. You don't know. Like... <laughs> nice. Yeah, that's a great this thing. Is... This is really interesting because I, I had kind of the opposite experience. I grew up watching mm. like X-Files and Stargate with my family. And nice. like those, like the greys are like like the kind of like gray alien like archetype that is what I, E.T. looks like. 
-hmm. in Stargate were this like advanced alien race that were super helpful and friendly and like had all this cool tech and then in X-Files they're kind of like darker and scarier but mm -hmm. I, I think when I did finally see E.T., I was just disappointed. I was like, well, this is a lame alien. What does he do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's like amazingly fast for being on little stumpy legs. And he has the ability to heal a kid's cut. And that's about, and I guess levitate. So we've got a few things going on there. But yeah, versus like everything else, like in these other universes of what aliens can do, it, is, it does seem pretty tame. Yeah. So maybe I wish I could zap the other ones from my brain so I could properly appreciate mm. E.T. <laughs> oh, man. I, I definitely hear you on Stargate, though. As a film, like that film and that soundtrack are amazing. The TV show is great, too. Very, It's like very different, but I also appreciated it, too as a very random tangential thought on that but yes that would be fun i've never seen the tv show but i love the movie it's like one of my all-time favorites there was something mm. so unique about it you know mm -hmm. um, so yeah cool it universe. was an extremely long-running tv show they had all these like spin-offs my family was obsessed so i've seen literally every single like thing that that franchise has made that's amazing nice. like atlantis i know right there's like, yep yep SGR i actually atlantis. I was a fan of Jason Momoa before everyone yeah. else was because he was there in Atlanta. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> everyone else is a bunch of posers. Exactly. <laughs> he was already auditioning for Aquaman before he knew it. He was, yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> well, awesome. Thanks for sharing, Will. I love that pick. Yeah, that's a great one. Thank you. Thank you for letting me relive some of my childhood trauma with you guys. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm definitely putting some clips and some, uh, some still images in there. So if you go watch the video version now, it's just going to confront you. I might even just have like a, a pop-up scare, you know, like, ah! you know, to file that away. Just in the middle of you talking, E.T. just like, ah! <laughs> Screaming. Uh, audio listeners are going to love that when they're driving in their cars, let me tell you. <laughs> awesome. Anyway um all right uh may we are here to talk about your pick for our main quest today uh dirty pretty things so why don't you take it away and uh, lead us through the discussion yeah so dirty pretty things came out back in 2002 it stars chiwetel igiofor as okwe and audrey tutu as shanai immigrants to london who make a startling discovery about what really happens in the hotel they work at during the night shift um it is a mystery turned thriller and similar to knives out it inverts a lot of the sort of expectations or conventions of those genres um i'm just going to launch into a really quick plot synopsis before we Please. we start talking about it but um for those that haven't seen the movie or just want a refresher, a uh, quick content warning for sexual violence. It's not super graphic, but there is a lot of it. So just FYI, uh, the movie focuses on two, I think the like English term for them is quote unquote irregular, but basically undocumented immigrants or improperly documented um, living in London. Uh, Okwe is from Nigeria, Shania is from Turkey. Uh, they're both working in the same hotel and alternate sleeping in the same flat. One night, Okwe discovers a human heart clogging up a toilet in one of the rooms. The hotel manager, Juan, uh, leverages Okwe's immigration status against him when Okwe does try to report the discovered body part. 
uh, prompting Ogwe to begin investigating on his own. While Ogwe and Shanai are constantly dodging immigration officers, they also uncover an illegal organ harvesting operation within the hotel, led by Juan. Uh, in return for passports and the opportunity for a fresh start, Okwe and Shanai agree to take part in the operation only to drug Juan, harvest his kidney in lieu of Shanai's, and make a clean getaway. Uh, so yeah, what what were your first impressions? Um, this is the first time for both of you seeing this film, right? Correct. Yeah. Yeah, well, uh, what did you guys well. think? I loved it. Like, I really... Uh... And it, I, part of me loves it because I've worked in hotels before. And so I always enjoy watching a film that tries to adapt that industry to see whether there's stuff you can nitpick about it or if there's stuff where you look at it and you think, you know what, actually, I could see that. <laughs> um, but I also really liked it just because of the suspense. Like, I really, I loved the characters. I was invested in what was going to happen. I wanted to know how it was going to turn out. And I felt sort of on edge a little bit throughout the film about how, if it was going to work out, how it was going to work out what was going to happen how they were all going to be connected to it and so just generally i loved it um and that's i mean we could go into specifics in a little bit but that was my first thought <laughs> yeah i felt this, the same way uh at no moment was i ever bored like from pretty much moment one like i was all in i think it's very artfully done um like the plot is just like man like a lot of stuff happens I, the runtime was actually 30 minutes less than what I thought it was like I would have swore this mm -hmm. was like a two-hour movie not because like I felt like I was like bored or anything just by like how much they pack into um that like 97 minutes I think was like the runtime but um yeah I loved it the performances were great um I think that uh it was just really great and twisty tourney I, I um initially thought that like oh like he's hallucinated this heart because of these like plants you know he's having some <laughs> kind of like mental cognitive mm -hmm. break or something like kind of fight clubby and um i was delighted that no like the, the rabbit hole goes really deep and um <laughs> it is just a bizarre thing that leads to um even more terrible and scary things I, I love some of the tone shifts too i will say like i think that like it really did a great job navigating like between like humor and like suspense and like terror terror and like i mean there's just uh it had a lot going on but um yeah i really thoroughly enjoyed it as well i'm surprised i hadn't like really like seen or heard much about it, it must have just been in that time like where i wasn't going out to see a lot of like serious like you know films and um somehow this escaped me but i'll certainly be telling people about it yeah i uh i actually watched this film in college several years ago and i was really happy that rewatching it um like all the characters held up because to me that was kind of the strongest part is just no one feels super one-dimensional um I mean we'll, we'll talk more about like Juan the the hotel manager he definitely can seem kind of like a he can seem cartoonishly evil at times mm -hmm. uh but overall like everyone's like really fleshed out and um just yeah, lots, lots of interesting characters. I'm particularly fond of Okwe because mm -hmm. it's pretty obvious that in a in a different, better world, he could be a sort of Sherlock Holmes. He's really smart and driven and capable. Uh, you know, also loves stimulants, so that's very Sherlocky. <laughs> yes. Um, but you know, because of the political instability that made him flee his home country, and you know the fact that he can't actually operate as a doctor the way he's been trained in London, you know he's forced to juggle all these odd jobs and 
um, fight crime on the side. <laughs> yeah, even as like, I mean, you know, even if he was just like just quote unquote a doctor, like you know, it's it's a little bit tragic to imagine like you know what could have been there as well. Obviously, he's very resourceful and um you know he shows like bedside manner and he genuine genuinely cares about the people that he's like treating and stuff so yeah his character was this is definitely a standout it took me about half the movie to figure out why i didn't trust juan before i, I knew i shouldn't trust juan and then <laughs> i was like i gotta pause this and see like what else he's been in oh pants labra oh he's that guy okay um that <laughs> makes total sense now i know why i don't like him <laughs> anyway, i didn't even realize that that's a good point <laughs> um so yeah just like the so, so like similar to knives out this thing kind of starts out as a mystery right you're thrown in the mix with these two interesting characters they have a nice chemistry which kind of draws you in but then okay makes that really scary discovery um and you get kind of the answer to that about halfway through the film was that what you guys were expecting i know chris you said that it was you thought that was like a hallucination <laughs> at first yeah, but yeah like I I was like oh like his brain is forming these weird like neural pathways like he probably found like some like watered up I don't know like toilet paper or something and maybe that's why Juan like he handed it to him was like oh there's this heart and he's like ah oh, you're working too hard but I don't want to embarrass you so like I'll take this off your hands mm-hmm. um that's what I was expecting at first um just because they show that he's sleep deprived and has a lot on his plate so uh, i was quite surprised um when the reveal was like oh no okay they actually are harvesting organs you know what do you think of the mystery well especially as a former uh hotelier yeah uh one although nothing super shady like that ever happened at the hotels that i worked at that i'm aware sure, of sure sure uh, <laughs> i could definitely... you can say on the record <laughs> i know yeah um <laughs> <laughs> I, I definitely think that shit could happen though uh, and probably has happened it's very in some ways it's very easy to get away with and I think that that made it even more interesting in terms of the story to see where that was going to go my first thought like and it sort of was answered as I was watching it unfold like my first thought was why doesn't Oakway call the cops and then it's like oh he can't because he's going to get busted and then it's like why doesn't his night manager care that there's a human heart in this plastic bag and I'm like I feel like something's going to reveal itself or we're gonna because I'm like there's got to be a reason why and I don't think that he's hallucinating at least I didn't think so at that point but then slowly as the film progresses I thought well maybe you know because then I thought uh the prostitute Juliet who's there who kind of tips him off to the problem with the toilet I'm like why does she seem to not think it's a big deal does she know is what's going on with that and then by the end of it when they sort of are halfway through and they sort of tie up the loose thread with that and make that connection then I thought okay but still why would you put it in the toilet (laughs) (laughs) obviously it's not that hard to walk that thing out of the building Uh, you know the front desk guy put it in a plastic bag and no one seemed to notice so that was the only thing that I thought was still strange but for the sake of the mystery and for the sake of sort of that noir feel to it it's like that's perfect i mean that makes sense for a story uh maybe not logically but it makes sense to me for the the plot so i thought that was really good and also like chris is talking about too just sort of throw you to make you think is this really what i just saw what he found or is this sort of like are we going to find out there's gonna be a twist later with that so i really liked that part it's also a believable catalyst to make somebody want to know what the fuck's going on like 
you're not gonna let that go are you if <laughs> you find a you at heart like in a toilet mm-hmm. like i feel like yeah it's bizarre enough that you'd want to get to the bottom of it that's a great point and it it actually ties to like one of the things i want to talk about with kind of like how this sits in like a mystery genre we'll get to the more thriller part of of like the last half next but in terms of like you know solving that central mystery generally the person who is kind of like in the detective role in a, in a mystery uh, is someone who's just like unnaturally smart and curious and they'll see something that seems significant and be like ah no there's more here and just kind of ignore the police go out on their own and and like uncover some big juicy crime uh this this is very different because like you said it's something you can't really ignore unless you're willing to turn a blind eye to what seems like was definitely a murder um and how someone who like is super super smart but also in you know his current job just kind of an ordinary person would react to that is really interesting did you guys see any other ways that like um the movie seemed to kind of play with those mystery conventions or stereotypes it's not like the classic setup of suspects necessarily but you do have a small enough cast like there um particularly at the hotel where like you you know all right there's something weird going on here uh who's a part of it who's in the know um you know like I, I think there's there's some aspects of that for sure i mean truthfully i thought juliet was in on it at first <laughs> <laughs> and then when it turned out it was like no that's not really the connection there that okay well because I, I sort of felt like it could be the cd uh manager guy but then i feel like it's always like that seems too obvious in some respect but i thought maybe it's not maybe he's just a jerk you know uh trying to take advantage of the system um but when it did turn out to be him i thought well i mean it's still it, it makes sense and so i could i could go along with that um, i do think it's interesting that like the law enforcement like characters in this like or like the the two that stand in for law enforcement really um are in pursuit of like you know people that aren't really guilty or have anything to do with like the actual crime that's the focus which was kind of an interesting twist a little bit yeah it's like the the convention is for the law enforcement to be on the case but just bad at doing their job and this kind of takes us to a new extreme where they don't actually care about the murder they just want to mm. kick this girl out of the country for you know doing a hotel job so she has enough money for her flat i'm trying to remember did they even mention anything about a body being found or was that at the morgue later or was it just like we found he found that heart and that was like the end of it and the body was just as far as i know that's the only body part that the oakway and i like discovered i think he made the connection when he found a man at the hotel who clearly had some kind of a botched surgery Mm -hmm. yeah okay you see them literally I was gonna say like you see them literally walk into a sweatshop and like they're not concerned with anything going there and like Mm -hmm. they are walk into this hotel that is like an organ harvesting uh operation and aren't aware of that either so that they walk into two situations where there's plenty of uh punishment to be handed out or maybe like things to look into and uh but it's I think in both cases like the people that they're exploiting are you know people that like they don't care if that if they get exploited right like you could probably make that argument and so there's no interest in pursuing those those threads and uh juan definitely seems to use that to his advantage right because like yeah. the 
whole setup of his scheme is that he's not necessarily offering money usually it seems like it's usually a passport you know it's it's the offer of citizenship somewhere so like he's purposely taking advantage of people and clients that he knows won't call police you know if something if and when something goes wrong yeah uh that aspect of of this movie was was a pretty big bummer <laughs> we'll say like kind of the, the further into the the film um there there was just a, there's a lot of melancholy like as you start peeling back the layers of like who like the victims are um in the movie and um probably not accidental that this came out a couple years after well one year after you know September 11th I'm sure mm-hmm. pro- yeah there was a lot of xenophobia um especially towards like Muslims um in the the country and yeah. uh and that was definitely the forefront of my brain as well. Like, man, this is really, really sad. Like, to, these are like good people that just want to like have a normal life and be able to carry on. And they're having to figure out ways to, I think, as uh, Okoe says, like survive, right? Like, like, like the, there's really no like um, having like a good life for us. It's just we have to like survive one minute to the next and do what we got to do. Yeah, it, um, it, the second half of the film, which we can talk about now, uh, you know, turns to more of a thriller because the mystery has been solved, but now we're trying to figure out how Okwe and Shania are going to get out of the situation that they're in. Um, Shania's working at the sweatshop now uh, with the pervy boss that uh, assaults her and uh, Okwe is, you know, trying, the manager is basically trying to strong arm him into starting to do these operations. I very much had the same feeling I had watching Uncut Gems during this part, because you just watch both characters get into like worse and worse situations and get more and more desperate, especially when Okwe is just at the point where he says, you know what, I'm not sleeping at all. I was only doing a few hours before, but no sleep ever. Um, gets very anxiety provoking um was there a particular moment where you guys were just kind of like glued to your seats or you felt like the you know thriller aspect was really working for you i definitely loved the the final i mean the final sequence i don't know if we're ready to talk about the finale yet but i mean that that was a highlight for me like how that unfolded like i saw it coming um a mile away but (laughs) it was no less satisfying um knowing like how more or less was going to unfold and I think having involving all of the players that were um, that had kind of that shared experience of being um, immigrants, like was really, really satisfying seeing them all kind of come together as like a team. Um, the fucked up uh, organ harvesting Ocean's Eleven kind of <laughs> heist where the, the heist is for a kidney. Um, but yeah, I think that was the highlight for me for sure. Yeah. When when did you know that they were going to turn the tables on Juan? Um, as soon as he was like, uh, we'll, we'll we'll do it. Like when he brought the offer, I was like, he's not the type that's just going to take it. I don't believe for a second that he's going to take a kidney from her. And mm-hmm. uh I, as soon as I saw the Dexter like uh, setup of the, <laughs> the bedroom, <laughs> I was like, "Oh yeah!" <laughs> I was like, "They are absolutely taking someone's organ." It's like, <laughs> call the uh, the kidney guy, but not for me. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was like, "This is." Um, my only regret was that we didn't get to see him wake up and react to it, but it's mm. okay. I was wondering if there was going to be a fight in the parking garage when Okwe confronts or seems like he's about to confront Juan um, over Shanae. And then when he offers to do the surgery uh, on her to make sure that she doesn't die from it with the other guy that Juan had been using who had butchered it on, you know, at least one other person, probably several. 
Um, that to me, I thought, I don't think that he would really do it, but I'm curious to see how he's going to pull it off to get away. Um, and then as soon as, like Chris was talking about, when you see the setup in the hotel room, um, and Juan walks over to Shanai, who's supposedly knocked unconscious, and then Okwe hands him a bottle of beer, and so, you know, like to drink it before he does the, because he's going to help him supposedly do the surgery. I thought, oh, okay. Yeah, I can see where this is going. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I was surprised. I mean, it's, it, it was very much uh, a good thing that Juan had the passports and handed them over before that happened, because I feel like that, that whole plan sort of hinged on him coming through and being upfront about that. Uh, because if that hadn't happened, then I don't know what would have, what they would have done to get out of it afterwards, but it worked to his favor. And as soon as that happened, I thought, okay, yeah, he's done. (laughs) (laughs) Something's going to happen. So that, uh, yeah. But before that, just thinking about like, if there was going to be a confrontation before that, because it sort of built up to that previously in another scene where you, you're not sure if Okwe is going to, you know, be violent against Juan. He comes really close to doing some damage and then he pulls back. And so I thought maybe this is going to be it. And you can tell that Juan's expecting it too, because he's got like a crowbar or something, or like a, a right. wrench or something in his car that you see him tuck into his sleeve. And so I thought, yes, all right, here we go. And then it was like, nope, hold on for just a little bit longer and you'll get some comeuppance in it. So that was, that was pretty good. Yeah, I feel bad. I did not catch on until uh, Okwe was like asking him like, hey, so uh, where, where do we drop this off after? That, that's when I realized <laughs> that the hotel manager was not going to uh, see the end of this transaction. Yep. <laughs> Just, uh, I, I feel like that was a great persuasion check on Okwe's part. <laughs> <laughs> Sleight of hand deception, whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah, so, um, I guess overall, or like specifically with that ending, how did the film work for you as a thriller? Um, and, you know, you can compare it to Hitchcock if you want or not, but (laughs) I know you probably will, Waterman, but. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. I mean, the heart is definitely a MacGuffin, right? Like, uh, oh, yeah. it is something that we don't really, um, unless I am, you know, uh, I missed it. We don't really get the full, full explanation of the story behind that. Like who, what, when, where, why, how, that kind of thing. It's more or less the catalyst that leads us down the path. But um, no, it worked really well as a thriller to me. Like, I, I thought it was better as a thriller than it was as a mystery. Like, personally, mm-hmm. I think that's where I got even more invested. It's like once the... Uh, mystery was solved and it came down to like oh shit what's gonna happen right and I think all the character building that happens in the first half of the film makes the second half of the film work really really well yeah I I think there were just some really really masterful sequences like I said I mean the end in particular like stood out but um yeah it's successful it's not conventional but I think that's what makes it you know um work even better um is that like you don't really um it doesn't unfold the way that you would normally expect like a thriller to i really loved the last part where they're in the in the airport and they have that moment together i mean that to me really hit me emotionally like when she's about to walk off and she mouths i love you to him and he says it back and i thought ah you nailed it you stuck the landing it was so good 
and just the like their relationship throughout the entire film was it was interesting and how they learned about each other and dealt with the same sort of, well similar issues different trauma to get to the resolution that they wanted or at least the resolution they thought was going to help deal with what they had gone through i mean you part of me <clears throat> i mean it, it ends on an uplifting note for both of them but part of me also felt like man that's really taking a risk that you're not going to end up getting into the same stuff that you dealt i mean you there's going to be trouble again like you're going to have more to deal with wherever you're going but at least in that moment they both had some some sense of peace or some sense of resolution to everything that they had been dealing with where they were which they knew was not going to work out um, and so for Oakway where it was like just constantly uh, staying distracted doing these jobs running his body to the extreme um, and finally deciding it was time to go back home to, uh, or with Shania thinking that her dream of being free was to go to the United States <laughs> I thought I mean I hope <laughs> I really hope that works for you but I also know that may not get you out of what you're dealing with here depending on where you go so uh, but yeah no that that scene in the airport was great um, and I thought really uh, it wrapped everything up in a way that you felt hopeful for the characters at the end you see them grow a lot for an action-packed hour and a half movie, truly. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I I definitely loved the ending, how they stuck that. And you kind of see Okwe like finally open up to her a bit, but like obviously not in the way she quite wants. She wants this big, uh, you know, romantic gesture, and he can't do that. But he is at least honest with her finally about his family and his daughter. And she kind of acknowledges that, um, you know, her dreams aren't always realistic and lose, I don't guess I loses her innocence because I think a lot of her innocence is taken from her, but I think kind of like acknowledges that, you know, she understands the world a bit better than Okwe thinks she does. Um, and yeah, it was just, it was beautiful to see them grow together. I'm so glad they didn't shoehorn like a romance between them. Mm -hmm. um, because it's like, yeah, they do love each other, but it feels like a very kind of like, uh, you know, bonds forged in fire, uh, primarily like platonic love. Um, and yeah, no, I, I love them and their dynamic. I think that's kind of the heart that gets you through the film because um, I think the only thing I don't like about it is some of the dialogue can be like a little heavy handed uh, or a little <laughs> clunky, you know, yeah. uh, <laughs> um, but their interactions are just, so genuine and uh really kind of the only sunshine in this very dark story and I think that's for me what what got me through it um I don't I can't speak to how normal that is or isn't in a thriller but it it's it's what kept me invested and made me stay despite like my heart thundering in my chest wondering <laughs> how things were going to go uh, for them, particularly uh, with that final uh, kidney heist. <laughs> the kidney heist, I love, I love for, for calling it the kidney heist. It's accurate, though. <laughs> it is. You got a lot of players, a lot of moving parts. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I think like have, you got to have a sympathetic um, or at least interesting like protagonist for a thriller. Sympathetic is always better. Mm -hmm. um, it makes whether it's a happy ending or not a happy ending, it makes the payoff better. So you think like 
Brad Pitt in seven, like what happens there at the end of that movie. I'm not going to spoil it since like, mm-hmm. it's that one we're talking about today. So not <laughs> seen that, like, um, there's a conclusion there and they, they do a lot of setting up for that payoff to happen, you know? Um, so that's all I'll say. I'm going to be being very careful not to like mm-hmm. <laughs> give details there. Um, a lot of definitely like classic thrillers. So like mentioned Hitchcock I want to point out you're the one that said it first so you open that door May uh <laughs> there usually is a coupling but I think that was more of like a sign of the times than anything else right like you had a male lead um a, a woman lead and like there was a coupling like that's just how it had to go down most of the time um for that kind of um film but uh, I agree with you 100% I think having their bond be something outside of just like romantic love did make it more that you just they had so much more room to maneuver some of those interpersonal relations without just being like oh like they're a a couple they're in like romantic love with each other there was like a almost like a deeper caring i think like it it was a much more human um sort of bond than i think if they had fallen in love throughout the course of the movie now you're trying to resolve that by the end right i think it just it felt more human to me somehow Mm -hmm. Yeah, the undefined nature of it. If either of them had asked, what are we? I think I would have thrown my popcorn. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so that's basically it for my questions. Um, Do you guys have any final thoughts or strong opinions on whether this is a, uh, you know, good homage to the genre or a twist on the genre? Oh, it's, I mean, I, I will just say it's for me fantastic like I, mm-hmm. I this was a great Sunday morning watch for me I watched it first thing this morning with breakfast and uh, it is entertaining it's shocking and um, I think this is a very successful thread it's unlike anything I've ever seen except for maybe four rooms which is a completely different tone but that is also a film set in a hotel um, are you guys either of you familiar with four rooms no Okay, so, so it is four interconnected short films, um, two of which are directed by Robert Rodriguez and Quentin Tarantino. And Tim Roth is like the bellboy that connects all of them. And he's just fucking over it, like 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 the entire movie. Um, and you kind of start putting the threads together. Um, each of the, the aforementioned four rooms are hotel rooms with like different guests. And so there's like a different story. And each of the films has like a distinctly kind of different feel from from one another. Uh, so it reminded me of that in a way, like using, the, I think hotel is such a great setting. And I love the discussion of like, you know, the where the title comes from, um, mm-hmm. you know, people come in here, they do dirty things, and then we pretty it back up. Mm-hmm. Um, I, that, that was fabulous for me. And I think, yeah, I just, I, I really love this movie. Kind of off the same way too, just thinking about how, it was refreshing to watch a film that was about people that are often overlooked and because of the fact that it's even like one of the lines that Okoye has at the very end which is a great like his little mini monologue sort of couple of lines where he says something to the effect and I'm gonna have to pull that quote up because I am not gonna butcher it <laughs> so give me one moment <laughs> I think those are like the invisible ones or something like that but yeah I know what you're talking yeah talking where I'm like I... I did take a little umbrage with it because it was a it was a bit fight clubby like which was mm-hmm. predates this there's a similar speech that Tyler Durden gives and it that's it soured for me a little just a tiny bit because I was like eh, that's what he says to the 
guy more or less but it does have more impact coming from like you know the context in this film i wish this had come out sooner so i could get mad at my club for <laughs> ripping it off because <laughs> i like how it plays here better but yeah oh yeah so it, it was the it was when the uh yes during the organ heist when the <laughs> <laughs> i guess when the guy their contact shows up in the parking garage and says you know like how come i've never seen you guys before or seen you people before is actually i think what he says specifically and okay mentions to him because we're the people that are we are the people you do not see we're the ones who drive your cabs we clean your rooms and suck your cocks and then Juliet immediately like <laughs> raises her hand and has a little smirk <laughs> on her face and I busted up laughing I thought that is great that is awesome but I mean it's sort of really just like the point of the entire you know the film where it's like all the all of the struggle that's happened is because this is just dealing with an aspect of society that unfortunately for people that are immigrants who are undocumented because of whatever circumstances they're dealing with you know and they have to figure out how to solve these problems outside of traditional means and that thinking about and not just and I I know I've mentioned working in hotels before but sort of just like thinking about people in customer service in any sort of respect so whether we're talking hospitality or we're talking uh Retail. I guess it just any yeah any retail is perfect yeah any sort of retail environment or um, just business to consumer situation where you are offering a service and as the customer you don't necessarily know how it all happens there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff that you're not meant to see uh, whether it's to keep up the facade of what you're uh what product you were purchasing uh or experience that you are or are purchasing as well um and so it's it's nice to sort of have the to see it from the other side you know to see it from the uh perspective of like all the characters in this with the exception of you know the guy who picks up the the organs or the doctors in the hospital that you see for just a couple of seconds or uh, I feel like there's uh, the immigration folks that show up to try and get Shania you don't see any other traditional like English uh characters you know it's it's all just experiencing what it's like for these immigrants in their society and I thought that was great I mean you get uh Guyi, who's working at the morgue uh then you've got the interaction between him and Okway and their bond and how they share their you know the experiences that they've had and and it's just I know this is like a really long-winded uh answer to it but I just I really enjoyed seeing that aspect because I thought it was very powerful and tied back to that idea of you know it's it's the people that you don't see and that it's their struggle to get through um so yeah I loved it I love that scene in particular and everything that built up to it beautiful um <laughs> <laughs> I recommended this so it's pretty obvious where I'm going to land um I think this is a great mystery and thriller um it has this kind of unreality to it at times that um like I don't think I ever thought anyone was like necessarily hallucinating, but it does feel kind of like with between the pacing and even some of the like lighting and coloring uh, like used in the film, it does have this kind of like fever dream quality to it. Yeah. Um, and 
I like that a lot. And I think that it does help show just kind of how crazy and unrecognizable this lifestyle would be for anyone who hasn't had to live it. Um, you know, hasn't had to juggle multiple jobs while also like running from immigration authorities and, uh, you know, trying to keep your moral compass about you when everyone is attempting to kind of manipulate your status and the things that put you on the margins of society to get things out of you. And it's just a really tough way to live. And I thought it was cool that this offers great insight to that while also telling a really interesting, thrilling uh, crime story at the same time. And um, I can't remember who said this. Uh, I think it was someone in our friend group, Chris, but um, it's a piece of media that is basically kind of like, it's it's inseparable from the diversity that is basically built into it. It's like both are required to tell this story, the the people it talks about, as well as the actual story that's being told. And they work together and make it a much more powerful story. So wholeheartedly I love agree. It. Yeah. Yeah, this is this is wonderful. Like uh thanks for the the pick and um a shout out to Stephen Frears, the director. I was looking back through his filmography. So Dangerous Liaisons I've heard of, but like I've never seen. I know it's like a, a big old sexy movie. Um, <laughs> but High Fidelity, which is like one of Marianne and I's like favorite, like early 2000s, uh essentially like rom-com but real offbeat um couldn't be any more different than this and that was you know made around the same time i mean a couple years difference um so this director has a lot of range and then philomena i see like down there which i think was a kid's movie so um interesting stuff here oh wow yeah i hadn't even looked but um but no i agree i totally agree on your point with the you know it's, it's such a smart choice i think just to to tell this story the way that it was told like with the actors like um just i mean just it's brilliant for sure all right you guys want to play a game sure. yeah absolutely all right we got the usual keyword countdown set up uh i tried to go for some range with this and shout out of course to gab murphy of rkg who created keyword countdown and has thankfully um, been kind enough to to allow us to play it on the show so thank you gav thank you <laughs> all right uh so yeah for our first film the first keyword is a long one it is a color remake of black and white film psycho no can't get hitchcock out of your brain can you <laughs> uh, it's just like it's the first thing that pops to mind because that was the only reason they did it was they didn't feel like modern audiences would watch a black and white so they made they remade it shot for shot color wow. and it's so pointless it's not bad it's just pointless <laughs> all right what about you will uh yeah i got nothing right now i feel okay. like there's something else in the back of my brain but i can't think of the title so all right. Yeah. Second keyword is deadpan. Pink so color. No. No, that was the original wasn't black and white anyway. Never mind. Color remake of a black and white film, deadpan. <laughs> True grit. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not deadpan, but okay. Um... Third keyword. 1980s. 
A star is born? No, that can't be it. Yeah. Good guess, though. So it's the 80s is when this was remade, or it's the 80s for this? That's the keyword attached to it. Yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Is my non answer. <laughs> <laughs> Just double checking. I got a little throat off there. I'm with Will. I've got a little tickle there, but. Yeah. All right. Fourth keyword food poisoning. Mm. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, this is gonna drive me nuts but no mm -hmm. yeah got nothing all right so to recap we got color remake of black and white film deadpan mm -hmm. 1980s food poisoning the new keyword is absurd comedy oh dude the producers no yeah i feel like that was not black and white <laughs> <laughs> Mel Brooks has been around for a while, but I feel like that's probably not. <laughs> Father of the Bride? No. Like the original. Uh, well, the Steve Martin may have been 1990 or something. So, yeah. Damn. Sweet, right. man, it's throwing me off. <laughs> I know, me too. <laughs> this next keyword may help. Um, it is glue sniffing. <laughs> what? Oh, airplane? Yes. Oh, <laughs> what? What? Oh, man. Yeah, Good job, Chris. It all does yeah. make sense now. That's amazing. <laughs> the uh, other keywords were dream, breaking the fourth wall, hmm. stewardess, and airplane crash. Nice. Food poisoning, god damn it. Right. <laughs> I, I picked hard ones on that. <laughs> no, I know, but like that should have been like a huge clue because like <laughs> isn't the whole thing like who didn't eat the fish or yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nice. All right. Good job, Chris. You're on the board with five points. Uh next up, our film's first keyword is left for dead. The Revenant. No. Good guess. Kill Bill Volume 1. <laughs> <laughs> also good guess. <laughs> Just watched it last night, so it's in my brain. Any uh, any guesses, Will? I'm going to get the number wrong on it, but wasn't there a film with like 147 hours or... I won't I won't get the the right number of it, so uh I can't necessarily speak to that being the right answer or not. It is not 147 hours. Okay. And it's or 148 hours. <laughs> <laughs> or hours <right>. of any kind. <laughs> Second keyword is international cooperation. Mm. No. No. All right. Third keyword is potato. I'm sorry, did you say potato? I did. <laughs> Lord of the Rings, the two towers? No, oh but that is a fantastic <laughs> guess. I mean, Aragorn gets thrown off the cliff and the horse. Yes. Uh, that International work, cooperation, yeah. Rohan, Gondor. Come uh, on. Yeah. <laughs> I was one step behind saying that with you, buddy. So yeah, 
I'm glad you mentioned it because that was like, wait, potato? <laughs> I sure. did say that in kind of a Samwise manner. It was well. a little quiet. I was like, is, <laughs> is it, yeah. Nice. All right. Fourth keyword <laughs> disco music. Oh. Shaft? No. Never seen it. So I guess it's more funk, but. You know what? I'm just going to start throwing stuff out there just for shits. Uh, Mamma Mia. <laughs> uh, I, I guess all of the various like ex-boyfriends coming together was international cooperation. <laughs> I'm not sure who was left for dead, but. <laughs> the relationship, clearly. <laughs> Uh, Great guess, but no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Fifth keyword is food shortage. Oh, um, sure this works. The Martian? Correct. Good job, Chris. Oh, nice. I had to go through real quick. I was like, I don't want to because it sounds mad to like like left for dead and disco music so i'm like <laughs> hold on and potatoes because that's what he was so excited to make i can't yeah. believe i didn't think of it damn it <laughs> not yeah. sam wise matt damon <laughs> <laughs> the other keywords would have been uh storm rover space habitat astronaut and mars the planet <laughs> <laughs> Do you believe we would have gotten point, that on clues? Like gimme. Yeah. <laughs> so great job. Uh Chris, you have eleven points. And Will, you you could still take them. You could still take nice. them. All to play for, buddy. <laughs> All right. Uh your third movie, first keyword is artificial intelligence. Well, we could throw out the one that we're <laughs> I feel like the one we're all thinking about right now, but no. Do it. AI. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be awesome. <laughs> it is not, but great guess. <laughs> Terminator. No, but also Termina good guess. Terminator 2. The Terminator. <laughs> Terminator Salvation. <laughs> I'm gonna, I mean, man, it's a pretty big uh again anything's gonna be shot in the dark uh short circuit oh no. that would be amazing oh <laughs> johnny five is alive baby yes right. all right second keyword original story alien no good try um i had something and it's gone it may come back Third keyword, letter read aloud. <laughs> 2001 is space, honestly. <laughs> no. I don't remember a letter, but everything else seemed to fit. So. <laughs> that That is the plot point that you missed uh, on the, the episode we did that was the How 9000, the, the uh, inclusion of an AI character. Um, uh, oh, okay. Get to know. That was a, a ring doorbell, actually. Uh, yeah, yeah, it does look like a ring doorbell. <laughs> yeah, I, I got nothing for this. All right, all right. 
Uh, your fourth keyword is crying. I can't think of the name of the film, but I know the actors that are in it, and it may not even be the right one. Um, but that won't count. So never mind. <laughs> <laughs> keep keep turning it over in your head, Will. <laughs> and, um, Bicentennial Man. Uh, no, but I love that film. That movie's great. R.I.P. Robin Williams. I know. All right. So, so far you've had artificial intelligence, original story, letter read aloud, and crying. Uh, now bringing you the fifth keyword, future. Future? Mm-hmm. Okay. Is it deuce ex machina? Is that the... That is a great guess, but no. Blade Runner. No. Don't think there was a letter in that one. Come to think of it. <laughs> the tears and rain, you know, it's like a crying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> true, true. Don't. All right. All right. Uh, your sixth keyword is divorce. Oh, oh why is this really ringing a big time? Um, her and William Rotondi is on the board. Man, <laughs> good yes. job, man. Oh. I've not seen her actually. So. Oh my gosh, what an emotional roller coaster! That movie made me sad for days. I have not had a movie make me feel that depressed about a relationship since actually having like a really shitty relationship end. Like, oh. <laughs> or not I... shitty relationship, like a, a relationship end. That man, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, I'm impressed you finished it. I have tried to watch this with Patrick on two different occasions, and we have both fallen asleep both times. Oh, what? <laughs> wow. Wow. So this goes to show it. different mindsets, man. Different <laughs> mindsets. That is all right. <laughs> it's just, it is, it is sad, but it's such a slow burn sad. We would just fall asleep before it got to anything actually intense. Yeah. Oh, man. Anyway, great job, Will. All right. Thanks. Coming Thanks for back. Letting me relive some more trauma. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> motion, well, that's what we're here for. Motion to yeah. rename the podcast just traumatizing Will. <laughs> I know. This is, we're working through our feelings today, guys. Um, last week, Scream it was Quest. Yeah. <laughs> we call Quest, yeah. Uh, we should call it Scream Quest for like our October episode yes mm, yeah okay right. gotta, get, gotta okay. get a new background okay. though with the board oh i'm sure those. i'm sure will's got us on that we got all right canva <laughs> <laughs> back to the game you haven't you haven't uh finished your comeback yet will i mean look i got on the board i don't care about anything else how many points point. did we'll get just so i know like well, like what my margin so of safety is we are standing at chris <laughs> has 11 points will has five okay i'll end this happy on five just fyi so <laughs> i'm just i'm just in this to shoot the breeze so we're good <laughs> all right your next film your first keyword is based on a comic book batman what Watchmen. <laughs> Great guesses, both wrong. Um, the Phantom. No. Sin City. Mm-mm. It is with another. All right. Uh, number two. 
vacation gone wrong. Okay. Number three, escape. <laughs> From the vacation that's gone wrong. <laughs> the beach? I don't know if that was based on a comic, but it's a banger movie. No. Yeah. Oh, that vacation part's really bugging me. <laughs> Same. But I got nothing. All right, all right. Uh, number four, dog. There's always the dog. <laughs> <laughs> I love dogs. No, Ooh. but good guess. Yeah. Don't know if that was comic either, but. <laughs> all right. So far we have based on comic book, vacation gone wrong. Escape and dog. Your next keyword is coded message. Message. What is this? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this is especially frustrating for Chris because he has so many comics that it's like they're all Batman comics for the most part. Some some Superman, um, some Marvel stuff, but yeah. yeah. Um gosh. Uh, Tintin? Adventures of Tintin? Oh man, if that's it, I'm going to be pissed. <laughs> it is not. Sorry. <laughs> I've not seen it, so it's, that's a great it's guess, a... though. Because hands down, that is an that is an amazing guess. I don't know about that where is. the vacation part would have come in there. I'm sure he went on one at some point and got yeah, linked no. into some treasure hunt because that always happened. But man, I'm glad you mentioned that. All right. Your next keyword is climbing a cliff. To escape from the vacation that went wrong. <laughs> that might have a dog. Vacation. Oh my God. Um, no. no. Shall I continue? Yes, yeah. Uh, torturous. I, I also have a, a hint I could give that is not a keyword. No, no. Okay, nah. okay. Um, doctor. So you have based on comic book, vacation gone wrong, escape, dog, coded message, climbing a cliff, and doctor. Was the island of Doctor Moreau based on a comic? I have no idea, but that is not the answer. Okay. There's the H.G. Wells. Oh, I know with that. Um, Doctor Doolittle. No. Dude, this is gonna bug the shit out of me. <laughs> I can promise you'll get it by the end. Okay. okay. Yeah. Hey, right, you guys mm. want the next one? Yes, please. Okay. Uh, so you've had based on comic book, vacation gone wrong, escape, dog, coded message, climbing a cliff, and doctor. Your next one is an ethical medical experiment. The island. <laughs> no. no also a movie i've never seen but yeah cool medical experiment i can guarantee you have both heard of this film also spring breakers <laughs> no oh, i'm just like i just shouting random nice yeah at this point you might as well right we're just like <laughs> i think that was right <laughs> hostile would be my only other guess and then no i got no more do you guys want the the ninth keyword? Yes. Okay. Beach. 
<laughs> by the cliff. The beach? <laughs> beach. The beach, I'll say for a second. No, though. no. Yeah. Uh, Lilo and Stitch. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That actually does fit, but that's <laughs> So I went by day, right? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think this entire time I've had like an island, like jungle kind of thing, but like in my brain, but. You guys will uh, get it on this 10th one. Let me know if you want it. Jurassic Park. No. Okay. Yeah, might as well. Okay. Rapid aging. Oh, what? It's that movie that I don't know the name <laughs> for, but it's Old? dumb. Yes, Chris ah, got the point. Jeez, yeah. <laughs> Shyamalan. Yep. I was going to say, you guys are thinking too much about that comic book hint because it's based on like an indie comic book. It's not Marvel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I yeah, I thought like that's why I was like Tintin. Like, um, it's like the, it just doesn't sound superhero-y. Yeah. Yes, it is. M. Night Shyamalan's old. <laughs> is it? Well, okay, so just and this is just and I, i'm not to bash shavala this is like a legitimate question just out of curiosity how close to the comic is old because i've never seen it and the reason that i ask is i know that he took avatar the last airbender and made it into one of the worst films of all time so is it loosely based or is it very he close took some on? liberties i also just think it's a comic that doesn't translate super well to film because it is very surreal very metaphorical and i don't think the realism in the film version works gotcha okay yeah all right would be my take but this is this is not a a comics uh podcast this is a film podcast and we have one more so (laughs) (laughs) and we will keep to the schedule uh your first keyword and uh to recap scores will you can still catch chris okay noise oh he is only at 12 you are at five nice so your first keyword for this last film is based on play my fair lady (laughs) no but good guess the lion king (laughs) fantastic guess but no oh Who's afraid of Virginia Woolf? <laughs> no. The producers again. <laughs> also no. Uh, last one, Rent. No. Oh, Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Just naming musicals, like. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, this this is going to help you guys narrow things down real fast. Uh, second okay. keyword: 18th century. The importance of being earnest. No. The crucible. No. That's probably earlier than 1800s. But... <laughs> <laughs> 18th century, so that's 1700s. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Oh. Um. All right. Third keyword: voice over narration. My favorite thing, as you guys know. Yeah, <laughs> from the Blade Runner, <laughs> man. Ooh. Ah, yeah, I got nothing. All right, 
fourth keyword, rivalry. The Patriots? No. No. Mm -hmm. Amistad? Or not Amistad, what's the uh, Amadeus? Ding, ding, ding. Oh, nice. You got it. Hey. Excellent. I haven't seen that in a long time. That's a good. Never seen it. Believe it or not. The uh, the the very next keyword was cleavage, followed yeah. by tragic events, genius, opera, composer, and Vienna, Austria. Noise. Awesome. Uh, as a side note, I I think that's a great short story title: cleavage followed by tragic events. <laughs> Jot that down. <laughs> expect to see that on uh, <laughs> um, your uh, you know, My newsletter. newsletter. Mm -hmm. All righty. So Chris is our champion at 19 points. Right. Uh, Will had a solid Will had a solid five on the board. Nice. Well played, okay. sir. Hey, likewise. Woo. All right. Well, let's find out what we are watching next, shall we? Yes. Give these a little shuffle and it is another you've never seen. Nice. Let me go to my list here. If it's that one, I'm going to scream. <laughs> it is 2001. <laughs> But hey, you know what? Like we've had so many like great little bits of coincidence and fun here. So, and again, no cuts. You saw me shuffle the cards. That's just what happens. Um, All right, let's strap in. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited! This is gonna be great. It's gonna be quite exciting. Um, I'll be very interested to to hear the takes. Um, my one piece of advice, and this comes from personal experience: do not watch this movie if you're in any way shape or form sleepy may like this is one i would do <laughs> first thing in the morning cup of coffee um not because it's boring but like it has some of the most gorgeous like space photography and lots of classical music like it will like lull you to to sleep it's sparse on dialogue at times too so um okay take it from for me like make sure you you choose your time wisely but i will brew excited. a mocha pot prior <laughs> it's true amazing caffeination and budget your time because it's a long one. Not too bad. I think it's like two hours, maybe 20, 30 minutes. Like, um, but it can feel it can feel a bit of a long. Uh, and now you finally get to oh go ahead. Sorry. I was gonna say after the deer hunter, nothing feels like a long movie. <laughs> 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 I'm not gonna say if it's on our, our list of selections, but uh Barry Lyndon, uh, you know, if you ever want to oh. give that a go. <laughs> oh god. Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think this might be our first Kubrick movie on the uh podcast. So I'm ah, very I think very you're excited. right. Excellent. So May, now you'll get to see how close you were in terms of your idea mm -hmm. of what this film was, how it lines up with that. And you I... know what? If you want to pitch a revision of it, I mean I'm sure that it may not happen, <laughs> but 
Kubrick is a famously uh, open to criticism director. <laughs> sure, yeah, and remaking his stuff, absolutely. So I think, yeah, yeah that he's thing, dead though. He's not going to care. He's long yeah. gone. He's worm. Unless the, I was going to say, unless there's like family or the uh, like the studio that's just like kind of like the James Bond thing is like very much like controlled in that aspect where if you're trying to remake it that they would have like an issue with it sure just go ahead just pitch it just be like we're gonna reboot this what could go wrong well <laughs> this I, version I will be live tweeting as I watch it <laughs> nice you can just find oh, out what those damn dirty apes were up to that's right. We could supply you with those images again if you need to like compare and contrast. Oh, I got them saved in the chat. I'm ready. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> well, hey, as always, thank you both for a lovely uh, Sunday afternoon of shooting the shit, talking about movies. Thank you, listeners, for hanging in there with us. Of course, we uh, appreciate all the support. As always, interact with us on social media at ScreenQuestPod on Twitter and be on the lookout for uh, our Friday film polls and other random tweets that pop into our brains. But until next week, we love you. Bye. Bye, Bye guys. <laughs>